Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. everyone, welcome back to Podside Picnic. As usual, I am here with the Qui-Gon Jinn to my Jar Jar Binks. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> that being oh, Pete. No. <laughs> oh no. And I kind of gave the ghost away about what we're talking about here because, you know, we touched on Star Wars a little bit on the show previously. Um, and, you know, we're, uh, we're going back to that well with someone who knows a lot about the topic. Uh, and that is our buddy Luke, who is at Luke is amazing on Twitter. And he, hey, welcome, man. Thank you. And he's a Star Wars super fan. He also is the proprietor, one of the proprietors of Fotor Pod, People's History of the Old Republic Pod, which is a Star Wars exclusive, exclusive pod. So look, we're in the presence of a real scholar here, and um, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bow to his wisdom. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> Okay, Luke, let's uh, let's kick it off. Um, so as Connor said, like in, a, in addition to knowing you as the guy who runs the deep dive Star Wars uh, podcast, I also know you as the guy who runs the deep dive Star Wars online DM. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's you, you put a lot of your energy and your attention towards uh, Star Wars in a lot of different directions. I know you're, you're deep into its history. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you've seen and read certainly everything I have. Where did this start? Um, well, my parents named me Luke. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, where, that's where it started. Um, so I, um, well, I don't I don't remember the first time I ever watched Star Wars. I, I literally don't remember. Um, and I like I remember knowing the, uh, you know, the the twists, you know, Luke, I, I am your father. Um, I, I remember knowing that from like I can remember that from before I can remember Star Wars. Um, but like. For a long time, my parents didn't tell me that they named me Luke because of Star Wars. They told me that. They named me Luke after the the biblical book, Luke, um, because my parents are very religious. And then when I was like 17, my dad slipped up and admitted it. And I was like, why didn't you just tell me that? It would have been better that way. So I come by it as like, you know, someone who my parents really loved it. But um, and I'm someone who kind of likes um like I like histories and lore of things. So Star Wars was a, was like, I was an easy catch for Star Wars because I mean, the, you know, everything in Star Wars has lore. The, every ship, every 
you know, person that gets mentioned, everything like that, it all has lore. And so it's just one of those things where if you want to waste time and it interests you to any degree, you can do that. And so um, it, it appealed to me that way. But my parents have never, um, never read or, or seen anything that's not the movies. But they love those movies enough to name me Luke. So, you know, I, it is, yeah. Well, started if, started from birth, I guess. If there's anything else this uh, podcast has done, like as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to tell my dog, Princess Leia, where she got her name. <laughs> <laughs> so she won't go through life. Uh, she won't go through life thinking it's the, it's something it's not. Exactly. It's, exactly. I, I, I think it's all very interesting, Luke. I just have to jump in here and say, though, that, you know, we have a very strict rule on the show, which is that lore is not a waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because otherwise we could just go home, right? Well, no, no, no. See, it is it is a waste of time in that, like, you can literally uh, lose yourself doing it, like looking at it because you could, you know, like if. Like if, if you're a type of person that does like Wikipedia holes or you just keep clicking on things and clicking on things until like you're way down the line, it's the same thing like that because you can go on like you go on Wikipedia or <laughs> YouTube, I guess, if you're brave, you know, and like you could just, you know, you can just keep keep finding, you know, people some some new battle or something like that and if it interests you you know it can it can like waste a lot of time so no i don't i don't think it's a waste of time otherwise just you know like that just as a way to waste time i guess they're saying that there's kind of almost this like (laughs) there's the lore that you should this is an interesting point actually so like arguably there's the lore that you should care about if you're like invested in sort of understanding and interpreting Star Wars to the fullest. And then as in so many of these worlds now, there's just an infinity of other lore that is arguably like (laughs) this, this like telescoping thing that branches off and like, you really don't need to get so invested. And I think a lot of people kind of mistake those two for two things for one another in a lot of different worlds that are created. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah. I I mean, I think that is, um, you know, it's, I just I've had uh, I've had a lot of free time on my hands recently. So, uh, you know, it's easy. It's easy for me to, like, just consume a bunch of this stuff. And now that I, I'm like writing and scripting the show, um, you know, I I look through it. I, I look through it and pick through it a lot more. Um, it, but yeah, I mean, but, you know, as as is obvious by people like my parents there, you know, you can you can pick up Star Wars and just watch the movies and be perfectly fine, you know, which I think is, I think is good. I think that's a, I think that's a positive thing. One of the things that sort of fits in, and I know this has a lot to do with your podcast itself. And I don't, I don't want I don't want to uh, steal your podcast mojo, but no, it, you're fine. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, the example you gave, like, say you go you go online and you start reading about uh, a famous or even obscure battle in the Star Wars timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, suppose I go out there and I write up uh, a, a, a battle scene that uh, previously did not exist in Star Wars. Like, I just go out and I put it out there online. I put it on Wikipedia, whatever it is I would do. Um, what, what distinguishes that from, uh, I don't know what you'd say the, the real, 
in this context? Like how it seems to me that there are so many fans and so many interested parties in this that one of the problems you have with the infinite Star Wars universe is you have an infinite amount of quality, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I obviously um, love the old expanded universe. I mean, I wouldn't make, I wouldn't do a podcast about it if I didn't. Um, <laughs> but. I when Disney wiped the old canon, I was very happy about that because there are the books that people know and the books that people love, and there's a lot of bad stuff in the old EU. Like, just it's not well written. It's you know, even even when it's pulpy science fiction, it's really bad pulpy. You know, it it's um. And so when they wiped it, you know, it was nice that they could uh, that that they could put together like some kind of continuity with, um, you know, with uh, with the new canon. And I know a lot of people didn't like that. But to me, it's you know, they're not like they're not saying it doesn't exist. It's just, you know, they're just not adding on to that part of it anymore, I guess, is the 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 way that I look at it. And I mean, I still enjoy the stuff, obviously, but. You know. So wait, you're telling me I'm a I'm a total novice here when it comes to Star mm-hmm. Wars. Disney officially wiped out the like pre Disney canon. They wiped out in I think it was October of 2014. They wiped out everything that was not in one of the movies or at that time the only show that was on the only TV show which was on was the Clone Wars animated series. Not the not the not the Tartakovsky one that was done in like 2003, but it ran from like 2008 to 2014. And that series and the the movies are the only thing that was left as canon. And they they started to like, you know, they they started to hone in on like keeping the canon to some sort of like manageable you know, some manageable way, but then they also, they, you know, because everything was gone, they just had a blank slate to write whatever they wanted. Disney and and Lucasfilm. I mean, so I'm guessing this created a massive amount of concert. This is before I was really on Twitter heavily, but I'm guessing this did not please the fans online. Um, I think it was some people not, you know, a lot of people like shrugged because, you know, who cares? Um, but a (laughs) lot of, no, I mean it, I just mean like a lot of people who are like casual fans are like, yeah, whatever. Like I, it doesn't affect them in any way. And, um, but then, uh, but, but yeah, the, the people online who are the loudest and like the people who are always the loudest online about star Wars, you know, they were just, they were just up in arms about, about the whole thing. It was, it was something. <laughs> so beyond uh, that cartoon and well, all the movies up mm-hmm. to now, are they extending canon in any other ways? Like, is there a Disney comic series that I don't know about? Are they relicensing books and saying that those books are canon? What What are they doing with the property? Uh, so th- they're not. Um, I don't think they're ever going to relicense anything from canon like anything from what they call legends now, which is the old stuff. I don't think they're going to relicense anything anymore because the canon is too, um, 
particular and those books without having parts of them rewritten or, you know, edited heavily or something like that, they, they're not really going to fit. Mm-hmm. Um, except for like, they could probably get away with like the really old stuff, you know, like Knights of the Old Republic and even stuff that came before that. But um, uh, because it's so um, unrelated from, from what we know about, about Star Wars in the movies and the new Disney canon. But yeah, Disney, they, I mean, they put out tons of books. There's like three or four books, novels a month. I mean, there are at least 10, um, uh, like comic series, ongoing comic series. Uh, maybe not 10, maybe like six. So yeah, but I mean, there's, there's a, there's a handful and I mean, they, they are putting out video games and, um, and then there are the the other two cartoons that came after the Clone Wars. There is Rebels and now Resistance, which is ending after the second season, I think. So okay. yeah, they they did they did a lot to. Uh, they basically picked up where the old EU left off in terms of like expand, um, you know, expanding everything and and putting out a large number of books and things like that, but. You know, now there's a, a little bit of a little bit more quality control on it, I guess. So one of the things we wanted to talk about today is is something that is now it sounds like officially non-canon, and that is the uh, the old Knights of the Old Republic games. Yes. Yes. So, um, did you play those when they came out? Like, what's their like? Uh, we I guess we should ask what's your relationship to those games. Um. Uh, I played, I played both of them when they came out. I played, um, the first game, Knights of the Old Republic. I played it when it came out and it was the first RPG that I can remember, remember replaying, um, after, after playing through it once, um, which is something, you know, I used to do when I had free time, you know, when I had free time that wasn't involving a kid, but, uh, you know, um, so I played that, and then when Knights 2 came out, it was very glitchy because the production was rushed on it. Um, and I know they reasons. cut some things, like with HK. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and so I played that when it came out, but it it was very buggy and everything like that. And I met uh, <laughs> I met the woman who I ended up married marrying. I'm still married to. Um, the like a few weeks after that game came out. Um, so I didn't pick Knights 2 back up until like 2012 or something like that when they had fixed everything and there was like a restored content mod that restored a lot of those things that you were talking about that were cut. Um, and now Knights 2 is my is my favorite Star Wars story out of out of all of them, including the movies. Um and uh, and then Knights Knights of the Old Republic the the original will probably be be second there but um, so like I had like a I really loved the first game and I played it and I've played it a lot and you know really enjoyed it since it came out in two thousand three um, but Knights two I didn't really pick it back up until later mm-hmm. no that makes sense to me I I. 
I guess my story is fairly similar. Like when when one came out, I played it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And I was actually pretty fascinated because they sort of had, I don't even know what you'd call it, gray Jedi. There was mm-hmm. sort of an idea that somebody could stand between the two poles, which felt to me at least like a new Star Wars idea. I hadn't really seen it anywhere else. And uh, then um, I played uh, KOTOR 2, like in the basically in the middle of a breakup, which I know that sounds awful, but it's perfect. Like that yeah. is the gloomiest game. And the idea of playing it during emotional distress, it's just dead on. It you, really. Yeah. Do you want to know a secret? The What's reason that? I started doing the podcast was because, um, well, I guess this is going to get, uh, get sad for a second. My daughter was born with cancer. Um, and uh, oh God, yeah, no, she's fine now. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to bring everything down. Uh, my daughter mm-hmm. was uh, was born with cancer, um, and I um, I had to take care of her, and um, because my my wife, you know, she had some maternity leave, but not very much, and then she had to go back to work, so I had to take care of our daughter full time, and she was on chemo, and so like she just had no sleeping patterns, you know, I'd be up from like 3am to 7am. And the only thing I could do is like rock her. So I couldn't play anything, couldn't do anything. The world's way too shitty to pay any more attention to it than I already do. Um, yeah. So I had to find something to take my mind off of it. Um, and pass the time. And, uh, yeah, I just started like wormholing on Wikipedia, Wikipedia and, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I love, I love this stuff. I love those games. Um, and then I, you know, and then I talked to Kelsey and we decided to do the podcast. Um, but like it, it all started because, um, of how much, uh, of, of like how much time I had because of that. And then when she was a little older, like, you know, three or four months, I could like hold her while she was sleeping and I could play games that I didn't have to like do a lot with. So I started playing, uh, nights too again. And, um, yeah, no, Pete, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, um, it's that game is, is all about, it's, it's like depression. That game is all about depression. And, and when I played it going through that, I was like, holy shit, this is like, there are parts of the game that that I very distinctly tie to like things in my daughter's life. Um, and you know, it's that's weird because you know it's it's a video game about about children's stories. But at the same time, like the world really sucks, and I had to do something, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I did. So no, you're absolutely right. It's uh it's a game about it's a game that's that's about depression and like reconnecting with the universe even if the universe sucks from the last time you left it and yeah. I yeah, it's it spoke to me in a lot of ways like that. Yeah, I mean the main character is he literally has this gaping hole inside of him that could swallow the universe and it's like how do you how do you interact with that? And I, it's I like the more we're talking about this, the more I'm like, well, okay, my offhanded comment and what you're saying is 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 tying together. 
and I think about that a lot in terms of 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 my reading too. It's uh, as mm-hmm. it, I, I think as as everybody knows, I read an absurd amount of science fiction, and I think it basically started because I was trying to wall off things mm-hmm. I didn't want to deal with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I. You know, I was I was playing with the game. I was playing the game. We can't we couldn't like take her outside because, you know, everybody doesn't want to vaccinate their kids for whatever reason. Um, So, yeah, we were inside uh, for like 16 months. Um, And yeah, just I I was playing through the game and like I would associate the things that, you know, a lot of the things that were said. And I was like. I should uh, I should do I should do a podcast about this because you know the world doesn't have enough of those and there certainly aren't right? enough opinionated people <laughs> talking about Star Wars so I mean uh, why, <laughs> why not uh, you know why not add more voice there but uh, but you know I it, it it started the show started because um, I had recorded all of a Knights of the Old Republic playthrough like. 50 something hours on uh, with the restored content or something like that. And um, I deleted it all on accident. I was going to do like a just play with it uh, series and I deleted it all by accident. And I was so mad at myself. I started writing like what I wanted to do with the show after I deleted it. Cause I was just so damn mad at myself for like, waste i mean i didn't waste all that time but you know like it was it was frustrating so yeah it that's where it came from me uh <laughs> me being a dumbass so <laughs> well i think all our podcasts start from us being dumbasses yeah, so yeah. it's very relatable <laughs> yeah. i mean i so what i love about this uh the exchange you guys were having about um that game and luke obviously that was very poignant and i don't want to say too much about it because i it's just sort of beyond my comprehension no ability. you're you're good it's uh, like my daughter is fine. She's in daycare That's good. now. Like, oh. you know, she's, uh, you know, she went through her chemo and everything and she's good. Like she, she's fine, but no, you, you, you can, you can talk about it all you want. It's like, I don't, yeah, no, you're good. Sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. <laughs> I'm, just I'm, glad. I'm just really glad she's doing well. I, I, I yeah, mean, no, it it's really interesting and great because I think that one so one of the things that to zoom out a little bit here one of the things mm-hmm. that genre fiction as a whole and mass cultural forms of storytelling and Star Wars is kind of is both of those things mm-hmm. in a big way uh, get get criticized for is this concept of escapism right that like you're mm-hmm. going to somehow you're going to escape from the world and therefore you're not going to be reckoning with the world in the way that you should be or doing things mm-hmm. in the world. And I think you and Pete both touched on versions of that relating to this game. But I think that you complicated it in a wonderful way that to me suggests I don't really think we should have this category of escapism because even when people need something, a, a sort of encompassing narrative mm-hmm. or something to delve into that takes them out of the world like that, like you're still using it to process the things you need to mm-hmm. process. And like that's why this sort of dichotomy between somehow escapism and whatever the opposite would be confrontationism i don't know um <laughs> a- activism i don't know yeah. the, what the word is but like it's i think it's deeply unhelpful and i think that like this is where um genre and mass cultural storytelling forms need to get more respect because like at their best they can be 
at least as useful as like a canonical mm-hmm. novel for processing these things. And certainly for the case mm-hmm. of like a, a all absorbing video game, perhaps, uh, perhaps more useful. So like that was a beautiful story uh, on that point, I think. Well, well thank you. Um, yeah. The, uh, the therapist told me that uh, I just need to be comfortable talking about it. And so some people like I'll talk about it and they'll be like, they'll look at me like, Oh, I can't believe you told me that. And I'm like, Oh, Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. Like you, you, you know, so, uh, no, I, no, I, um, I, I think you're right. I, I agree with you, Connor, about escapism. It's, uh, because even if it is escapism, like the problem isn't a genre or a type of novel or anything or any type of media to me, it's, you know, if if you escape into if you escape into something and everybody does that it just depends on where where you escape to if you do that and then you lose yourself you lose touch with reality well you know that's bad but you know that's that's not what most people do when they read a novel or they play a video game they really like or something like that they just they they get to ignore not ignore but they get to you know cope with reality through the lens of that game or that book, or some people do it with work, which seems really unhealthy to me, but you know, I, who am I, who am I to talk about that? You know? So yeah, it does a hard pass for me too, though. Yikes. Uh, so do you, have you ever read any Pratchett by any chance? Um, I have read, uh, I read one Pratchett novel and I okay. don't, did he write planet fall? Um, yeah, I think he might've played a role in it. I mean, the big one okay. everybody knows is he co-wrote Good Omens. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I haven't read, I haven't read that. All right. Well, the, the only reason I brought him up at all is mm-hmm. that, uh, one of the things he used to say is that, well, you know how, when, when somebody is falling in literature, their life passes before their eyes and, you know, they start going through everything. Mm-hmm. And he says that's not because you're trying to review your life before your death. What you're trying to do is think about anything except the <laughs> fact you're falling. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I've never. Uh, wow, no, that's that's a that's a damn good quote. I've never thought about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed to relate, but it, it's no. That's yeah. That's good. That's um, yeah. You don't want like sure. I could like I could find out way more about about everything in the world, but at some point, like, God, why? Like, I already know it's bad. What the the hell else do you want? Yeah. And like, you do need to process sometimes. Like, you're the taking in more information doesn't help when everything you've got is driving you nuts. Well, let me, I'm, I'm very curious now about this game because I've had a few games that have helped me process certain things in my life. And I'm very curious, like, can you, whether it's KOTOR 1 or KOTOR 2 or both, like, can you pitch me on this game as a layman who knows nothing about it? Yeah, um, so KOTOR, KOTOR 1 is easy. It's, like, it's easy to pitch because it's the one that, like, even people who don't care about Star Wars, there are a lot of people who played this game because it originally came out on Xbox, and it, for a while it was the best or one of the best selling games on the original Xbox. Um, and it's a game that people still, the, the first game anyways, a game that people still come back to and they still, 
they still play it because if you like Bioware games, like the later stuff that they did, especially like Mass Effect and and Jade Empire, it, it's very much like that, but with Star Wars skin stamped on everything, you know, instead of instead of your mages or Jedi, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's um, and so you just you get to you get to act like you're using a lightsaber and you get to have all these different force powers and and that's what you get to do and if you don't care about Star Wars you don't care about the lore of it at all it's still just like a really deep and and rich RPG that's there like i hate turn-based combat games i hate them um but i but i'll still play i'll still play knights because it's just it's just a very good game. Well, and now, it's, it was partial, right? You could pause and unpause. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 partial, um, real time. I just you know, even for me, it, it it's still I'm kind of like I don't like this, but I'll do it because I, because I really like the you know. I mean, I'm just kidding. Like it's fine, but uh, yeah, no, you're you're right. It's partial and and. I mean, I think I think that's what it is. Like Knights of the Old Republic is the most. I, I think it is the most popular story in the old expanded universe. Um, I think it it had a lot more reach and access to than say like uh, the Bane trilogy, Darth Bane trilogy of books, and you know, the only thing I think that might be up there with it is the Thrawn trilogy that Tim, Timothy Zahn wrote back in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like how popular it is. So, and I mean, now if, if, if rumors true, they're about to make a, a video or they're about to, to make a movie adaptation of, of Knights of the Old Republic. So yeah. And if you don't know, if you don't have, if you've never had the reveal spoiled for you, the reveal is, Despite being an obvious trope, the reveal is is great. It's amazing, especially if you get sucked into the game. Oh yeah, it caught me completely flat footed. It's it's one of the few times a video game has completely zapped me with the reveal. Yeah. So, so without getting to the reveal, the basic idea, Connor, is um, you you are a Jedi and you wake up powerless and memoryless, and you get. Um, you you sort of get swept along with other characters in a last ditch attempt to stop the main bad guy by f- from flooding over everything. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's the that's the story. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And and nights too. If you've ever like if you want if you want catharsis and you like Star Wars. Knights 2 is something you should definitely play because in Knights 2, like if you if you liked the Last Jedi, if you didn't, or even if you didn't, you know, some people liked it because it deconstructed the Jedi Order in some ways, and some people didn't like that. But if you like that presentation, then Knights 2 is is what you want because not only is the Jedi Order not only do they just suck, I mean, they suck. They are the worst. They're so bad. But on top of that, 
at this point, when this game is, there are only eight Jedi left in the entire galaxy. Which, as far as I know, is the smallest number that they've ever had. Like, even even Order 66, there are like 200 Jedi survived because, you know, they just kept making comics about random Jedi that survived. Because when there's 10,000 of them, a few, a handful are bound to, are bound to escape, <laughs> escape somehow. Um, but yeah, there are, there are eight in, eight, eight Jedi left in Knights 2 and... The exile comes back and is basically thrust into this thing where the Jedi Order is telling her that she is she's wrong and she failed and and they stripped her of her power and she has to come back to the universe and and cope with everything that's happened because she's been gone for eight or nine years and it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you can kind of see where it's going because when you are depressed or something like that and you, and, and, you, and you decide, okay, I have to get out of this cycle and I have to go back in, I have to go back into the world, I have to face all this stuff that I didn't want to face, it's the same thing. It's, it's mirrored in that. So, like, that to me, Night, Nights 2 is the better is the better story, but yeah. that is that's a minority opinion. Uh, well, it's it's held by I a majority of the people on this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a, it's a minority opinion that's held by a bunch of loud people <laughs> like me. So so people are like, no, the critics love Nights 2. It's like, no, it's just me. I'm weird. Don't know. <laughs> so wait, did well, you say that the protagonist is female in this story or can you pick gender? Uh, you can pick gender in both of in both the games so you could do whatever you want i mean because it's star wars they they had to have a canonical they made a canonical ending or a canonical playthrough for each of these games which if you think about it is one of the weirdest things in the world because how do you sort a canonical playthrough out of a game that is literally like you have to choose if, you know, if the, you have to choose if this species lives or dies all the way down to like, you have to choose if you're going to pick this or pick that, you know, to where, and it's customization across the board. So how do you make a canon playthrough out of that? And the long story short is you, you piece a lot of it together from different reference books and. Well, you literally have to decide you whether you're a Sith or a Jedi. And the idea yeah, that yeah. they're just going to pick something in there and say that's what it was is, is pretty bizarre. I <laughs> With with KOTOR it's 2. So, oh. I'm, I'm sorry. It's no, just it's so bizarre to me. But, I mean, I love it because there's absolutely no way that you can explain Knights of the Old Republic and be like, okay, you get to here and you have to decide if this guy's going to die and like, what are you going to do? Okay. This, this guy did this, this guy did this. There are like eight different options. There are really like kind of, there are three or four different endings to KOTOR and there are three for KOTOR two, but like, you know, there are shades and like gray areas on all of them. So it's just, it's so funny to see that. But if you're going to tell a cohesive story, like, Star Wars, like, you know, Star Wars has always wanted to, then you have to pick one, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, I, sorry, what, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, it's fine. I didn't even know what I was talking about, man. But like what you just said <laughs> kind of got me thinking about it. Like there's a moment in KOTOR, which I, I've, or KOTOR, KOTOR 2 that I'm going to spoil, but since it's in a vacuum, there's I don't nothing think it matters. To spoil. There's nothing to spoil in KOTOR 2 because like even at the end of the game, they're like, what, did you expect some big secret, some big reveal? Like, <laughs> like no, yeah. no. Well, the, the universe is a cold, uncaring bitch. No one cares about it. it. It's wonderful. And that Kreia is my favorite character in those yeah. games. She's amazing. But like, yeah. there's this point where you have to face down the Jedi Council. And <laughs> if you are, if you are a villain, you just slaughter them like pigs. And mm-hmm. if you're a hero, they get the drop on you. And they get slaughtered like pigs anyway. Like, I mean, and that's <laughs> yes. sort of what they do is is make it so that it, whether you make a good or a bad choice, your your choices almost don't matter. Yeah, it's in I mean, and that's it's really a metaphor. I mean, within the universe, it's a metaphor for the force because the force is presented as like this thing that gives them superpowers. I mean, for lack of a better way to describe it. But it's also like a God entity that has a plan for things like it's presented that way in in so much of of Star Wars, you know, like Anakin is is the chosen one. And then, you know, there you go. And it's implied that, you know, he was going to bring balance, but, you know, it didn't happen for however many years. But the force still got him to where he needed to be. And it's like. So on the one hand, they present it as this like this this god entity, but that that scene that you're talking about is one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite set pieces in all of Star Wars because they these three Jedi, three members of the Jedi Council, who are the only the only basically the only three Jedi Masters left in the universe come in and they fix Dantooine because it was destroyed in Co- in Nights 1. They fix up the Jedi Enclave. They put this thing back together and the Exile shows up and she is just like, she's just blindsided by, by everything that they say, even if she's, even if she's dark side, she is because like they say that they didn't, that that she they didn't strip her of the force. They say that that she stripped herself of the force to survive like this horrifically tragic and traumatic event that happened. No, nope, blaming the victim. Classic, the classic dude bro behavior. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except that's what she did to have to keep from dying. At least that's how they explain it. Like because the disturbance in the force was so great and so powerful that it wasn't just a disturbance; it was a wound in the force and she was the only one that survives it. And I'm really glad Pete brought this up because in, in the scene when they, they try to get the drop on her after they've explained everything because it's an RPG and it's, it's sci-fi. So, you know, there's going to be 10 minutes of exposition before we get there, which I like, but you know, it is what it is. Sure. Um, and if she's light side, the exile passes out from like they were trying to like get a hold of her and they had uh, they had frozen her, like frozen her in place with a force. But 
Kreia, who's been her like informal master since the force has been coming back to the exile, Kreia has been her master and she comes in there and she basically tells the entire council that like they are these worthless, just idiots and they've ignored, they've ignored the exile and they, they've, they've, you know, they haven't heeded her warnings or what she could mean or anything like that. And then Kreia's like, you know what? You guys don't even deserve to live. And she does something that in Star Wars, it never happens. Like she drained them of the force, but she drained them uh, to such a degree that when they died, they couldn't even become one with the force because the force did not exist within them. Like she, she literally drained everything out of them. Oh, she, she drank just them like it. juice pops. Yeah, she just does. She just does it like, like she just does the thing, and it, it's like this visceral. Like she just pulls everything into her, and they all just fall down dead, like right there. And it's like it's this hugely cathartic moment because, like, the exile. Like the first time you play it, you don't know. You you don't you don't know that she like cut herself off from the force. It's presented as like this horrible punishment that that the the council did, and then she finds out, and it's just like it, it's a it's a big shock. But, um, like I find that a really yeah. affecting moment. Like yeah, it when is. she comes and she confronts you, and she's like, "Well, I was always trying to figure out why you did it, and now I know." Yeah, it's because you were weak. Yeah, it it's like on the one hand, it's like having uh, it's like having someone come in and get your back and like take up for you because Kreia is basically telling them that they fucked up because um, they, they screwed around with the exile and they didn't like, they didn't listen to her. They didn't, they didn't allow her to, you know, continue to grow in the force and everything like that. And, and she just comes in and she's like, it's like, you know, your mom or dad, like coming in to like help you out when you're a kid, you're like, hell yeah, just, just tell, just, just kill them all. I don't, I don't care, but like, get this dumbass Jedi out of here. She, <laughs> Kraya like comes in and saves the day for you, I guess is the way that it goes, but she's really evil. So, you know, so we have a, we have a, uh, a, a podcast of people who uh, read a lot of science fiction. Yeah. If you had to pick, let's make it two. If you had to pick okay. two Star Wars books to recommend, what would they be? Um, Star Wars books. Um, so I'll give you one from the canon and one from Legends. Um, Perfect. The canon, um, Claudia Gray wrote Master and Apprentice. Um, he came out earlier this year. Uh, it's, it's really good. Um and it's about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and a mission that they went on um, when when Obi-Wan was much younger. And um, she just really, she really knows, Claudia Gray really knows how to write Star Wars to me. Like, she understands the universe and understands it, uh, understands how to do it. And, and that book also um, is very critical of the Jedi Council, which, yeah, it's, I mean, that's pretty much all of them nowadays, <laughs> uh, which is good to me, but... Um, and then in Legends, I would say uh, the book Darth Plagueis. Um, it's not a great book in terms of like, this is one of the best things I've ever read, but it goes to such lengths to like paper over the things 
that people were really annoyed about with the prequels or a lot of people were annoyed about, you know, like midichlorians and stuff like that. Like it goes a long way to just not really apologize for them, but flesh them out in the universe to where you're like, Oh, okay. Like that makes more sense now. Like I still am not, you know, I'm still not like all oh, of these, that mini chlorian edition was great to star Wars. But like when you read it, James Lucino, the author, is very clever about how he does that. So, I would, that's what I would say. So you're you uh, you're sort of telling us the story of Dark Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> I realized that. <laughs> I realized I was walking into that when, uh, when I started like halfway through it, and I was like, oh, I can't figure out a way to uh, shoehorn this this terrible <laughs> joke in. So, uh, but no, you you did it. Yes, that's what I was doing. It's it's not a story. Not a story that other podcast guests would tell you because they've probably got better things to do, but you know, <laughs> here we are. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, I, I, one thing I want to make sure we fit in, uh, and we're we're getting close to the time. Uh, could I recommend a book to you? Uh, of course. Okay. So, um, there is an author, Nick Sagan, and you may not have heard of him, but you've heard of his father, Carl. Um, and yes. he, he wrote a series, uh, well, let, let's just talk about the first one. Uh, the first book is called Idlewild and it's about a, mm. a group of extremely smart kids trapped in, uh, like a boarding school and hmm. they slowly begin to realize over time that, um, they're in VR Huh. They're trapped in VR and they're trying to get out. Oh, cool! That sounds okay. neat. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. What what was the name of the series again? Uh, Idlewild. I D L E W I L D. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I'll um, I'll check it out. I love, I love sci-fi. Um, I listened to the show a lot. I was uh, was very upset with Connor's harsh treatment of uh, the Forever War, but uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I had to think of something to give you a hard time about. No, so, you should. Uh, Everybody else does. So <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's fine. I just like I love. I don't know why I, I love that book. It just stuck with me for so long, um, and I was listening to it, and I was like. Uh, that damn Connor. He's making good points. Damn it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much my whole experience with this show. <laughs> Connor. Yeah. yeah. You've summed it up. That's the, it's yeah, exactly. It's like wrath of Khan. Connor! <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Luke, I think we could probably talk to you forever. And actually we could, we're probably, I'm going to say tentatively don't hold us to this, but probably we're going to do a star Wars month in December. Um, yes. which we might, we might narrow it down to like a specific aspect of star Wars, but mm-hmm. like, we're going to do a bunch of episodes on star Wars when the next one comes out is my point. So we hope yes. to have you back on the show at that point. Yes, we do. I would, I would, lo- I would love that. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, is this the part where I plug everything? Yes. Yeah. You want to plug something? Okay. Please do. <laughs> yes. I would like to plug my podcast, uh, uh, people's history of the old Republic. Um, you can find it on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, every, you know, everywhere you, you guys, you guys know how this is. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a deep lore dive into, uh, the old Republic in, um, in the old star Wars EU, but it's also looking at uh, the future of the canon and what they're going to do with the canon old Republic. And, um, 
uh, what you know what might happen if they actually if the next movie is actually set in the old republic. So, you know, it's looking back and looking forward. And uh, yeah, you can you can find it there, or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke is amazing. So there you go. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. And again, yeah, he's thank you. Yeah, check out his pod. Check out his Twitter. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll have you back on. Thanks, man. Take care. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.